The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back to No More to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. So I have been waiting to tell you this story for almost a week. I am so No, excited. I remember that. On Monday, you were like, well, I have this saying, but I'll tell you on Friday. I'll tell you on Friday. And you were like, Friday? What? Yeah. So, as you know, Brett and I have been moving through Gilmore Girls, and we are mm-hmm. now on the season one finale, which I'm very excited about. But um, Brett's Big mom deal. is actually an avid Gilmore Girls fan. She loves the show. Um, he was sharing with his mom that he's been that we've been moving through the show, and of course, you know, talking about how Brett is Miss Patty, and LOL. they both agreed, yes, Brett is Miss Patty. But she was like, you know what? You actually remind me a lot of a character that at this point you haven't been introduced to. And I said, who is it? He said, Luke's nephew. And I said, well, cat's out of the bag. That's why we're dating. No. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Brett is very smart. He's a stone cold fox. Does he read a lot? Um, I wouldn't say a lot. Does he always be seen with a book? No, but I would say he's like an avid reader. He doesn't like hold the top of a book and sit on a diner counter and devour no, it. No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. But he does like to read. He's very well read. He's funny. He knows pop culture references. Does he hate your mom? He does not hate my mom. That's fair. It was just so funny <laughs> to be like, well, you got me. <laughs> it says mom team Logan. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, I actually haven't. Nancy and I have not discussed it yet. Well, if, if Nancy's listening, I want her to... Like, let us know because wouldn't it be great if Nancy was Team Logan? Just like, yeah, my son reminds me of Jess. <laughs> oh God! But you know, I'm very excited. We're about to exit season one and go into season two, which you know is my fave. So we're about to be introduced to like a whole new slew of like love interests because Brad doesn't really get down with a lot of the male love interests so far. Like Dean, obviously, he doesn't like anymore because of what we just experienced in Starcross Lovers and Other Strangers. Right. Max, he is not into. He loves Luke, of course. Love that he has the egg for Max. Yeah. Does he like Luke? He does, yeah. I like season one Luke, Me too, too. yeah. Actually, um, this morning when we were getting coffee, he had a denim jacket wrapped around his waist and a backwards baseball cap on. No flannel, but he said, I'm, I'm serving Luke vibes today. And I was like, oh. I love that he said that and not you. I know. So great. (laughs) It is very season one, though, because season one, Luke is in a lot of chambre, Mm -hmm. as we're discovering in our rewatch on Patreon. Very true. Um, But I just am really excited for him to start meeting all of the new love interests in, like, season two and season three. What does he think of Tristan? No, hates him. Yeah. Big ick. Can't stand Tristan, can't stand Max, can't stand Dean. There is a lot of ick in season one. For sure. And I feel like seasons two and three like introduce us to some much higher quality love interests and much more yeah. intriguing love interests for Do Rory, we just mean Jess? Jess and Dave Rogowski in season Dave three. Rogowski. I thought you were gonna say Christopher, to be fair. Because he comes up as like kind of like a quote unquote love I know, interest. So I was no. like waiting to see who you were gonna say. No, but like Dave Rogowski. And Dave you know what? Rogowski. Before that, a little bit of Henry, which is sort of what we were speaking to last week, you know, in Lane's episode. What because I think often when we think of, you know, the love interests of the characters on the show, we tend to gravitate towards the Gilmore girls love yeah. interests. Jess, Luke, Christopher, Dean, Logan, Logan. Logan. <laughs> had to get him in twice i know we haven't um, talked about him in a while so wanted to, say wanted to bring twice. him <laughs> um but like we kind of often forget about like lane's love interest paris's love interest suki and jackson are gonna get married so like yeah. a lot of really exciting things are about to happen in in seasons two and three in oh, regards to jamie to jamie for paris yeah and yeah. so um i'm excited for him to meet these people but namely I'm very excited for him to meet Jess and Dave Rogowski I'm excited for him to meet Dave Rogowski because there is no one that doesn't like Dave Rogowski uh please show yourself to be fair there are some people who find him to be kind of just like meh really for this episode I went back and watched some of my own TikToks so I could scroll through the comments and there was a lot of people who felt really meh about Dave Rogowski because they're like he wasn't even there he wasn't even memorable and I was like what 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 I just couldn't, I just, I didn't, I didn't even know, like, I don't relate to you is all I could respond with, because why would you say that? Why would you say that Dave Rogowski, of all people, is not memorable? And I know he had a very short run in the show. 
very short because I went back and I watched every single scene that Dave Rogowski was in mm-hmm. and I calculated the time that he was on screen. Okay. So he was only in nine episodes in season mm-hmm. three. He's mentioned a bit in season four, but he's on screen in nine episodes. How long do you think roughly in minutes Dave Rogowski is on screen in season three? The only season he's on screen. <laughs> 20 minutes. 28 minutes and 13 seconds. Really? Okay, I was close, but closer to 30 really minutes. Close. Wow. I was like, we all fell deeply in love with this man in the course of 28 minutes. <laughs> but isn't that like, isn't that always how it goes? Because the yeah. briefest of affairs are always the ones that linger the longest, I feel, because you have so much time Aww. to sort of imagine up who they are and what they are. I mean, to be fair, Dave was it. I mean, because for those 28 minutes... I would have to argue that not a single one was filled with any sort of anger. Um, I was going to say conflict, but like good conflict. Like he was the kind of man that came in and showed Lane Kim what she deserved in those 28 minutes. Yeah, he was really like not even like a perfect first boyfriend, which is what Rory says about Dean. False. Big, big ick false. Maybe a perfect first boyfriend in the sense that like you learn how you should not be treated. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But Dave is like a perfect first boyfriend and also like second, third and fourth. Like whoever ends up with Dave when he's in college in California, like lucky, lucky them. But he's just he's so perfect to the point that like I had never really like taken stock of this before that like there are characters on the show who really just like don't like people Mm. and they like Dave. For example, Mrs. Mrs. Kim. Kim. Mrs. Kim adores Dave, even like goes as far as to like praise him and like when he comes over to like play guitar and all of that before she even like, you know, the whole Bible thing happens. Yeah. We'll get to that. She is so supportive of like Dave being in Lane's life. Yes. She refers to him as a righteous young man who's proven he can be around antique furniture. Love. But even more so than that, you know who gives him the stamp of approval that I'm like, no one can like dislike Dave is Jess. You're right. It's it's in Keg Max and they're like watching them rehearse and Jess is there and he's like, you guys sound good. And like Rory's prepping him because like they're supposedly going to go to the prom as like a little quad, which we know doesn't end up happening. Oh, I wrote that down. I wish we could have seen that. Jess says he's a cool guy. Like from Jess, that's like the stamp of approval. Like who has Jess ever met? And is like, I like them other than Rory. Yeah. No one. I know. I feel like he is eventually becomes endeared to Lane because that's Rory's friend. And I've never felt like he was like, I mean, maybe before they got together, he was a little bit aggressive towards people. But, sure. you know, he was, I feel like, respectful of Rory's friend Lane. Right. But he calls Dave a cool guy. I know. And I was like, does, does Jess like Dave? A high compliment we, for we... one Jess Mariano. I know. So I just like, couldn't even believe that like people on my TikTok comments were anti-Dave or not really anti-Dave but just like meh Dave because he was there for such a short period of time and they were like he didn't really offer anything to the show and like I completely disagree with that I could not disagree more like how how can you look at that relationship and think that he did not serve an extreme purpose in Lane's life the one thing I will give them is that the writers sort of took it upon themselves to almost act like Lane and Dave's relationship didn't exist specifically when she got together with Zach because it's almost like she didn't learn anything from the framework of such a beautiful foundation that was laid out for her in a very very solid relationship with Dave well that was kind of like the season four spirit of things I felt like because that was like when Jess left Mm -hmm. Rory was like so unaffected Mm -hmm, by it mm -hmm. that like I mean we'll like get to the end of I guess Lane and Dave but like ultimately like she she was so unaffected by it like didn't even you know like mentioned it a little bit but like it just felt like such like a monumental relationship that Mm -hmm. like it felt like it should have like come back in like some big way yeah I completely agree. I love from like the very first time that we see Dave Rogowski and application anxiety is like he comes up to her and he introduces himself as Dave Rogowski because like if you said Dave from Gilmore Girls, I would be like, who? Because he is such a firsty lastie. For sure. Dave Rogowski. Dave Rogowski. Because there's no one else as a firsty lastie except for Max Medina. Yeah, and so we've we've now recovered from the ick of the firsty lastie with Max Medina and Lorelai Gilmore and them constantly using their full names with each other. Truly. No, now we've got Dave Rogowski. And I feel like that that was Amy's way of really paying homage to 
Helen Pye Dave and Dave Rogowski's yeah. relationship. And that's what leads me to believe, and we'd have to have this confirmed, that like the intention of the writers was to have Lane and Dave end up together. Yeah. Do we know if Helen and Dave met when they were young? I don't know. Like like high school age, like end of high school? I don't know. Great question. So they've been married for 20 years as of May 11th, 2020. So they got married in the year 2000. It says, um, Helen and I um, will be married 20 years on November 5th. I met Helen when she was working on Married with Children. So they were not in high school. We were mm. uh, we were concert-going friends for three years before we started dating. So they would go to concerts together for three years before they started dating. I love that. I feel like that's kind of the equivalent of them being in a band. Yeah. They were, they were doing concerts together. Yeah. So I guess they would have had to have been, like, in their early 20s, not quite so young. But either way, it's still good. It's still interesting to know. Because I feel like when Dave comes up, that he is like answering to like all of the problems that Lane had in her, like, quote unquote, like relationships in the two seasons prior, because we didn't see that much from her. Right. But like we, she had a lot of crushes. She had a lot of like boys in and out of her interest because we had Rich Blumenfeld and then Dave has gray hair. So here we have we have that answer too. Dave is nothing that Todd was. And like, thank God. Thank goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank goodness that is not uh, that she has improved from her taste in Todd. What's interesting about that, though, is that it almost speaks to everything she thought Todd was. Like, Dave is yeah, kind of everything she envisioned Todd to be from, like, the very minimal interactions the two of them seemingly had with one another. Because if she had had more than, like, two seconds yeah. of conversation with him, then when double date actually happens she, when she, she would have been surprised there, she's like oh yeah yeah so i feel like dave sort of speaks to all of the qualities that she thought that maybe todd had because that's what it feels like when lane has a crush it almost feels like she now has a boy to project her fantasies onto yeah of like what would be like to be with a boy in high school and like is kind of forgetting to account for who that boy is yeah and when that boy starts to like you know be himself in her presence she's like this did not match what I was thinking this was going to be like right and what's interesting though is that with Henry there seemingly wasn't any like music connection there which I think she was really looking for when it came to Rich they were in like the marching band together and and with Todd like he's wearing all these like band t-shirts but doesn't know what's on them and she's really searching for that but with Henry she didn't really find that that we know of they just sort of yeah. had a connection and he seemingly checked off all of the boxes that would satisfy her parents needs and wants yeah. for her which is why she was so like against sharing with them because it would take away the magic yeah but then with the exception of being Korean or trying to be a doctor she finds all of the things that she's looking for in Dave Rogowski I think that a big part of that is like taking the relationship that her and Henry had but Henry and Lane were together for a significant period of time at least for high schoolers like at least to be like hiding a relationship yeah they were kind of pursuing a relationship with one another for an entire season the second half of season yeah. one the first half of season two all the way up to a get a task it and henry was like super okay to just like go along with the fact that her mom was not going to approve of it or that she wanted to keep it from her mom so he would call rory's like you know he was gonna come to a tisk at a task it and like buy her basket and they were like trying to figure out how to do it but everything had to be done in such like a sneaky way mm-hmm. that when ultimately her and henry ended and he was going to take someone else to the prom it's almost like you can't blame him like he He's in high school like he just wants to openly take a girl to prom like yeah his end of it really makes a lot of sense because it's a lot of effort that he's having to put into and like if this isn't the relationship for him like that's totally fine as much as I want to like punch him in the face because he hurt poor Lane my girl Lane it's just like it makes sense like you can't be too mad at Henry even though I'm very mad at Henry of course from where I'm standing I have a lot of love for Lane and I feel for her but this was her doing she should have just told her parents her mom she should have told her about Henry there was nothing to really hide I understand that she felt like yeah she was not gonna like him anymore if she shared with her mom like oh hey there's this boy that I really like and all of a sudden he'll become I think she said (laughs) like disgusting to me um but that really was her choice and 
ultimately like it completely turned Henry off, especially because Henry's probably sitting there going like, I don't understand what the problem is. Your parents are really going to like me. So what's the deal? But the thing with Henry doing that, is it like informed now how Lane felt about herself going forward with boyfriends? Mm. I feel like it kind of gave the sense of like, even if it truly was too much work, I feel like within the narrative for that character, now she feels like she's too much. Mm. Like dating her is too much effort, which we see a lot of in the way that she's talking to Dave, Mm. which is something that I kind of like about writing of the show is like, sometimes not always the relationships that you've been in in the past will inform the way that you're now reacting to your current partner which is like what we talked about with Rory's I love you's mm-hmm. is like when she went to say I love you to Logan that had like a big impact of like previous I love you's and I feel like that's like her whole relationship with Dave is Dave kind of like proving to her that she is worth the effort and her yeah. constantly being like I'm so sorry and he's like why yeah Uh, Because he wants to show up for her. I know. I love it. And I think that was sort of laid out for him out the gate. Because when they first meet in application anxiety, you know, they chat. They're sitting on the bench. He's an audio geek. Oh, I love it. But then she takes off her shirt and it says, trust God. And he says, trust God. Is that a band? She goes, no, just my life. And like, (laughs) is just very blunt about it and walks away. And he, the way he looks after her after she walks away is unreal it's so good yeah that whole that whole meeting is like such like a relaxed meet cute yeah because like lane is not expecting to like meet the boy of her dreams like in dave rogowski when he walks up and she says i love you Mm -hmm. i I love you for doing that (laughs) for being that way and so i feel like from the jump she's very honest like no this is my life and then kind of walks away whereas with henry when they meet at this party at madeline's house a i don't know that she ever expects to see henry again But B, there's kind of this cover up of Rory having a strict mom and Lane not being the one with a strict mom. She's like, "Um, I I have a strict mother. That's what Rory says as they're about to leave. So it's like she's already not really being direct about the parameters of her life. Yeah, because she's like too afraid to be her too much of herself with Henry. Yeah. So that ultimately when she like has to like he has to like acquiesce to her very strict mom. It just feels like it feels too much. Yeah. And then when we do eventually kind of get into the nitty gritty of Dave and who he is and what he brings to Lane's life in the form of the band, which eventually becomes Hapalian in uh, yeah, the next the episode. Band with one, no name. <laughs> yes. In the next episode, one's got class and the other one dies. It's so interesting to me because that's when they introduce Zach and Brian. And yeah. when they introduce Zach, they're already framing Dave to be the nice guy and Zach to be. Just we're all so turned off from Zach from the jump. Yeah. Just the way he talks to Brian, the way he talks to Lane. To be fair, he's complaining about very valid things in like practicing, but he you're right, he is the whiny guy. Yeah. That like now when you look at this guy, knowing that's her husband at the end of the series, Mm -hmm. that's not even like an unlikely pair of like enemies to lovers in such a way that like was fascinating. It's like this is Zach always. This is where he always is. This is is where he started and where he ended. I mean he went through some semblance of growth, but for the purposes of this conversation. That's pretty much who he is. Yeah. And you're right. They framed Zach and Dave against each other of like Dave is the nice guy. But not just like the quote unquote nice guy and no, not Dean like a Dean a nice Forrester guy. nice guy. He's he's also when it when it comes to the band, Zach is the complainer, yeah. Dave is the problem solver. And Brian just has problems. And, and Brian <laughs> is just wheezing in the corner. But what's fascinating is that that's kind of what that's kind of who Lane becomes. Lane becomes yeah. the problem solver in not only the bands, like in in regards to the band, but also in her relationship with Zach. Yeah, true. She becomes the Dave Rogowski of her own life. <sighs> because she and Dave Rogowski were meant to be. Changed my mind. <laughs> because when they go outside in this scene, that's when she's like, go in there and kick their ass. You're the leader of this band. And he's like, no, this is a democracy lane. Yeah. And she's like, no, <laughs> you're the leader, Dave. And that's when he says, you're perfect for us. I know. And I'm just already like, he's like, I, I don't want you to leave the band. That's what. That's not what anyone wants. There's no way me. you're going to become our Pete Best. There's no yeah. way. Oh. She says, you're sweet. Everything that Dave says is just great. Because the next no time notes. we see Dave is in They, they Shoot, Shoot Gilmore's, Gilmore's, don't they? they? And my favorite part about this scene, hands down, is that it is five o'clock in the morning. Thank you. I wrote that down. It's five in the morning and I was like, well, maybe some time has passed. But directly after no. their scene is over, they cut back it's to the five, clock and ten. it's five ten. <laughs> I made a TikTok about this. Like, literally, I was just like, because I think on paper, if you wrote this down, Dave seems kind of stalkery just a little bit. 
it. But it's not because he is like very respectful mm-hmm. of Lane, very respectful of her boundaries. It wasn't, it was in a public place. Like yeah. he was very nice to her mom. Like this could be like the elements of something weird, but she's welcoming of it. So it's not. Totally. Speaking of her mom, I can't believe that Mrs. Kim just buys that at 510 in the morning, Dave's quote unquote parents are a Bible study. She's like, oh yeah, they're a Bible study. It's five That's in the so morning. It's the middle yeah. of the night. Because it is Sunday. Because I imagine that the dance marathon was on Saturday. So now it's like Sunday morning. Hmm. So I guess it would make sense that they're like at a really early Bible study. Oh, maybe. The thing that I took away from this scene is like Dave is being forced to eat like a horrible egg-free egg salad at five o'clock in the morning. Dave is forced to eat a lot of really weird stuff over the course of the next few episodes. (laughs) But I I just, I love what he says here is like, he he came under the guise of like, we got to figure out this band thing at five in the morning. Also, I missed you. Plus, I missed you. Did you miss me? Uh, Yeah, I did, Dave. We all miss you, Dave. (laughs) You weren't in the last episode. We all still miss you. We still miss you. Still miss you. Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, including beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, and more. And as you all know, I love shopping through the Rakuten app. Every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropology's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out. Outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. And then we go to, um, you like you were saying, eating the tofurkey at deep fried korean thanksgiving yeah and i just love that he gives up his entire day because this is before the band actually finds out that he's playing and they become like a trio of yeah. uh you know christian guitarists and accompanist for mrs kim but he gives up his entire holiday yeah to be with lane to play for the entire day and when she does finally pay him she only gives him twenty dollars and apparently that's generous but he says i'll put it towards our first date that is absolutely hands down the best that and Sega Night Gracie are the Dave Rogowski episodes. Yeah, like, because this is, honestly, this is why I literally can't talk right now, because I'm, like, 
getting so worked up about this because deep fried korean thanksgiving as an episode is just great but like the dave undertone of this is just perfect because he went through this whole day he didn't spend it with his family 20 dollars was like you said meaning that mrs kim liked him for the full day of playing she paid him three cents an hour yes and he's like it's cool i have Kurt Cobain casts now. What a positive spin. Dave's mindset, really. Oh. Like, I feel like that's really where we should all be coming from. Yes. It's like, what is the what is the best that could come from this? Yeah. And this is what I was talking about before, about the way that Henry affected the way that she now thinks about boys being in her life, being in a relationship, which is that it's too hard. Like, they had to set up this, like, fake ad to, like, put up so that they could, Mrs. Kim would find it, or, like, they could lane could point it out to mrs kim Mm -hmm. and dave's like i already got more gigs i should be like paying you a like a commission for this every single thing that he says is like answering to all of the anxieties that was given to her by the past relationship yeah which is like this is too much is what she keeps saying and then he kisses her best first kiss best first kiss better than rory's i said it i think that this is the best meeting because we don't see a lot of characters meeting right on the show yeah they're like a lot of them are already established i mean we see her meeting like rory meeting all of her boys of course for the most part we don't really see Lorelai meeting a lot well, of people. Well Lorelai like, and Luke had a past re- like we're we jump in on Lorelai's relationship with Luke literally the first scene in the series yeah. we like Lorelai and Christopher are already established she and Jason meet again but they had yeah. known each other in the past and the only person that we really see her meet is Max Medina and then the other one would be I guess Alex which is kind of cute kind of but and John Hamm just a touch oh we yeah that's right him. eight o'clock at the Oasis even with like um like Suki and Jackson mm. have already met mm-hmm. so like Emily and Richard we think they've met <laughs> I think that I think they, they know did each meet. other I, I think so so like we get to see this is easily the cutest one so then when we actually finally see them kiss like getting to see that full arc it's so it's, it's so, so great good. every part of Dave and her in this moment just feels like this is gonna work out yeah this is what everything is working towards i also feel like like it could have been a possibility that when that in that episode when she sends rory the page bible kiss bible and rory says i have no idea what it means great band name though i wonder if that would have come back (gasps) around for them oh my gosh rory should have said that when i said that that should have been the name of the band when rory announced it in keg max oh my god i didn't even think about that i wish that that had come back somewhere because they were members of a band together. That is a really good name. Mm-hmm. Bible Kiss Bible. Bible Kiss Bible. I love that so much. I always forget about that moment. Whenever I think of first kisses on the show, that's like, that is one of the, the first that comes to mind. Bible Kiss Bible. Do you like it more than the Jess and Lori first kiss? I want to say no. It's okay. No. We know how you feel about that. No, I don't. Because that that had so much anticipation surrounding it. Yeah. And there was so much conflict surrounding it. Whereas with Dave and Lane, it's different. It's just sweet. It's just sweet, yummy goodness. I like it more than the Luke and Lorelai kiss. I do too. But I love the Luke and Lorelai reuniting kiss, which we've talked about several times. And I can't say for sure that I like that kiss better than I like this Dave and Lane kiss. Because I, I was trying to decide if I felt that way about Rory and Logan's first kiss and Wedding Bell Blues. It's cute, but like... It's cute, but it hits different. It hits different. You're right. It's They're not like even in the same category no it's just like it's just so pure and sweet it's young love and it's with a guy that like we've said is just the best of them the next episode is that he's in is um with the wedding like their last korean wedding and he's playing and the the woman is singing yes i love when mrs kim says watch her high notes she's a runner i love this relationship that her and dave have that's very like it's based in music because mrs kim seemingly like has like a background in music that we never really learn about but like i like that we kind of just get like little snippets of it but then he like watches her run up the stairs with her bow on the back of her dress oh my favorite but this is when we get the conflict is introduced rather than just the conflict of mrs kim and them sneaking around yeah we get young Young chu the the best part of this is that dave is in the background of this scene he's not a part of it but he very clearly is is that young chu is going to take her to prom and 
that's what they've been doing all of this for is so that she could he could become integrated and he's totally cool to do it but watching him realize that someone else might be taking her to prom is so sad i wrote that dave in the background of this scene is the saddest of sad and this is when we find out mrs kim or this is when lane tells Miss kim she's a crush on dave mm-hmm. and she says he's not korean and that's all she says to dave before she walks I know, out the, door the way with young she Chu's leaves family. him there when she walks out with young Chu's family after saying just you're not korean and he's standing there like yeah of course i'm not korean is this new i think he fully knows that's why that she's leaving without him and it's just they did the best they could but like what what more can be done yeah i know in this scenario well that's the hurdle to jump he simply cannot be korean that's that's mrs kim's rules i will say that before they introduce the conflict in this episode um i love the trickery that Dave and Lane start playing when it comes to Brian and Zach because they're like we think they might be catching on so that's the scene where Dave starts like kind of talking down to Lane in front of the band members but Rory is there and Rory's like I'm gonna kick him in the teeth and she's like no he fooled you and then he comes over and he says like he says something snarky about her downbeats and then she turns around she's like oh he's so wonderful I know (laughs) I love that like that's their love language with each other is like they have him sneaking around around is a love language for for lane because she knows that he has to in order to continue to see her how would you feel about that if like a man had to like talk down to you to kind of like keep things i don't know if i would be on board with it but i mean at least he does it in a pseudo like in a semi-respectful way you know he's not and she wants him to she's asked him to this is something that they've worked out together so maybe there's that to it because there are there are like little elements of like like i said before of like on paper some of these things with dave could be construed as like ah i don't know about that yeah but then it's always because lane is okay with it and like some, sometimes that's not okay that the girlie's okay with it, but like, I think here, I think here it's all right. Yeah. But this introduces a lot of conflict for us, or the only conflict that exists between Lane and Dave that causes tension, I would say. This is like the beginning yeah. stages of it, because it seems to be okay. Young Chu has a girlfriend named Karen who's Japanese, who his parents disapprove of, which is very similar to Lane. So we think that yeah. we're going to, you know, have sort of a kindred spirit situation here where Young Chu is like, look, we're both in the same boat and when we can break up, we'll break up. And then it all goes downhill. But before this happens, um, I love that Lorelai and Mrs. Kim almost like simultaneously in the same episode, Swan Song, blow up Lane and Dave's spot. Because first it's Lorelai talking about like, oh, I thought that all you and Lane would want to do is play love songs. And like Zach and Ryan are just kind of like, huh? And then she explains it away and they're like, okay. Which is which is hilarious that they buy it. Because I would be like, what? Is that not another moment when you're like, why did she end up with Zach? Because like, what a dummy. I know. What a dummy like with an like actual no B. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they're in the car and Dave is like, okay, guys, just play it cool. But what what I don't understand about this as well is when Mrs. Kim comes up and they're about to sort of like tell her like, yeah, she's a great drummer. They know that there's an issue here, right? With Mrs. Kim. That's spoken to the first time that she, that we meet Zach and Brian is she says something like, if my mother hears us. She's going to come running. She's going to find me. And then I'm going to have to leave the band. So like, yeah. don't they know that she's not allowed to really be in the band? That's why this is kind of a secret. Why they have to, you know, rehearse yeah. at Lorelai's house. So why would they even broach the topic? I would say it's super questionable and very reasonable to an- to ask that question. But given from what we've had of Brian and Zach, yeah. this whole, just in this episode, I feel like it's very understandable that they would just like completely either A, forget or B, just like not really realize mm. that that's what they were doing. Yeah, that's true. Especially Zach. Like this is I where know. we come back to of like, Zach is her downfall because he's just just, just a, a little little dumb dumb. But what's all what I also find interesting about this is that Mrs. Kim like very plainly says to Dave like Lane has a crush on you. That is also yeah. how you know that Mrs. Kim loves Dave because if she found yeah. out that Lane had a crush on a boy, first of all, Dean comes over and is her science partner. There are no feelings there whatsoever and Mrs. Kim wants none of it. Yeah. Dave, she has a crush on Dave. She wants to take Dave to the prom. And she's like, I'm just here to warn you. Like she, I would have expected yeah, her to be like, like they can never see that, that man again. Yes. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like Mrs. Kim considers Dave Rogowski one of her peers. I know. So for, somehow that like ended up in 
their relationship or that she then when she found out that this was like you know a trio that he sometimes plays with she was like maybe I could hire the three of you because sometimes just a guitar sounds flat after having just called them who were all these unwashed boys (laughs) and it's like she so inherently trusts Dave Rogowski that she's like willing to bring these unwashed boys into her home because he plays with them which is just so fascinating to me because like she trusts him in that capacity and I understand it's very different to trust a teenage boy with your teenage daughter but it's like you let him sit in your pew at church ma'am and like no wonder your daughter has a crush on this boy I think you have a crush on this boy (laughs) we all have a crush on this boy it's it's just an illness that we can't really avoid you know when it's as sweet as Dave I then love what the follow-up of this is because this is kind of the answer that we had in the last episode about whether or not Zach and Dave or not Zach and Dave Zach and Brian knew that Dave and Lane were together because this Mm -hmm. like confrontation is kind of the last that we hear about it because this is when they seemingly are going to confront Dave and Lane about being together but they confront Dave about Mm. why he hid the fact that he's a Christian (laughs) And they're like, it's part of you. And I love how supportive they are. Yes. Brian's like, it's a part of you, man. And we think you're cool. I love it. I love it so much. But the reason that I I post that question, when I think about that, I really think about the first time that we see, not to jump the gun, but the first time that we see Brian and Zach hiding in the cabinet at Kim's Antiques with Lane in season four um, in Chicken or Beef. Because the reality is, like, they are talking about Dave. Zach is really the one talking about Dave in kind of a negative connotation. He's like, he abandoned us, he left. And that is really when we get the talk of Dave and Lane dating. Because we go on to hear about the marriage jug and all of this stuff. So I'm like, do they know? Because I don't think for the remainder of season three that they know. Because Young Chu is in the picture. He shows up at Keg Max. So they're probably under the impression she's dating this guy, Young Chu. Yeah. And that you know, Lane and Dave are not together. But I meant more so after It, the it fact. seems like maybe they do simply because she's openly dating him at that point. So it's almost like she wouldn't need to hide it from anyone, really. Um, yeah, it just never comes back around. And we'll get into that. But it almost feels like Zach was dating Dave with like the anger that he feels about being abandoned by Dave. I know, so much I would feel that way too if I was Zach. Like, I know. His friend left. I'd be a little bit in love with him. (laughs) But anyway, before that even happens, we get, you know, Swan Song where they find out that he's a Christian and they say that they'll take the gigs that Lane's mom throws their way. And they do in Face Off, which I think is... It's so cute. ...is really cute. But what I love is Dave running through the streets of Stars Hollow to get to that ice arena like Harry and what Harry this, met Sally. Oh. Like, he wants to see this More so girl. that he has 15 minutes to run over a mile there and over a mile back. He is going to have to do nope. six-minute miles at this point to get there and get back in time. And it's just another moment of, like, how is Dave Rogowski a real human? Truly. Like, how does Lane not fall over every day realizing that she, well, to be fair, he's not a real human. <laughs> but like, how does Lane not fall over every day at like the commitment this guy has to her? And I know this because he's jealous. Oh. And this is another thing that I feel like we could add to the list of like, this could be perceived as stalkery of like, he ran two miles in 15 minutes to just see her because he was jealous that she was spending time with Young Chu. But it's but not. You know what? I, because these moments are few, few, few and far between, this is when I can frame it as this guy is a teenager. With Dean, it's just like constant and that's what makes it feel so toxic. If Dean had run the two miles in 15 minutes just to see Rory because, I don't know, maybe Jess was at this place, I would have been like throwing throwing bows towards Dean's character on the screen, I guess. I'm going to fight a, I'm going to fight a TV character. Yeah. (laughs) But not Dave. Yeah. No, but with Dave, there's something endearing about it. And I think that has to do with his character, but also has to do with the fact that, like, this is not something that happens regularly. This is not part of Dave's personality. It's a part of Dean's personality. It's just that he really likes Lane. He's jealous. I like that Roy's like, oh, so he's not so cool. She's like, what do you mean? He's jealous. And she's so excited that he's jealous. (laughs) Oh, He's jealous. He's totally jealous. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. But then the conflict, like the jealousy sort of comes to a boil, I'd say, yeah. in Keg Max. There's mention of Young Chu breaking up with his girlfriend, Karen, in A Tale of Pose and Fire because he keeps yeah. calling Lane. 
on the phone. And Roy points out to Lane that Young Chu's probably in love with her. And clearly this is something that she's kept from Dave to like temper the anxiety and temper the jealousy. But it becomes an issue and he speaks to it. This is a big episode for Lane and Dave, Keg Max, because that's when all of the conflict comes to the surface. And it's also mirrored with the conflict that has come to the surface with Jess and Rory and subsequently Dean. I had forgotten how much of like season three is like parallels for... Lane and Rory of like starting these new relationships Mm -hmm. like trying to figure out like how to navigate them and like I think that Mm -hmm. we talked about before like losing like Lane's parallel to Rory's I feel like really was a disservice to the series because especially in Keg Max because they are now having these odd sort of conflicts with these like really sweet boys well I'd say really sweet I don't really feel that way about Jess um (laughs) I don't either but but I just you know we'll group them in but with with these boys that love them like it's very clear that Jess loves Rory it's very clear that Dave loves but there's this conflict with Dean and with Young Chu yes exactly I think this is the moment because this is when the first time we see Dave irritated you know he's like kind of mm-hmm. not freezing her out but kind of just like being a little being a little a icy little yeah. and i think this is another instance of like the henry moment of like i don't think he's that wrong for being that irritated about it of like that young no. chu is in love with her and lane won't pull the trigger on this to get rid of him so that it can be mm-hmm. the two of them because he has gone out of his way to be with this girl that he loves and he just wants to be with her he's gone above yeah, and beyond. we can't fault him for this I think he's just hitting a point where he's like, when, when is the plan going to be put into action? I have been a part of the plan. I've gone along with the plan. I have happily done all of these things. And we're like cheering him on. When is it going to happen? We're like, when is it going to happen? Yeah, (laughs) I know. And I I understand his frustration tenfold. I think I would have felt the same way, especially because now Young Chu is popping up everywhere. It's not a, it's not a hoax anymore. Like, now this guy clearly wants to yeah. be with Lane and he's going to do whatever he has to to make sure that he takes her to the prom. Yeah. He's not breaking up with her. And that was part of the plan. But what I love about that is that Dave approaches him at the party and is like, I just want to have a conversation about the whole Lane thing. And like Young choose the one to be a little bit like... Well, he feels like he's going to attack him. Yeah. But, like, it's in such contrast to the Jess and Dean conflict, which is literally running rampant through the And that's what's so funny about it is, like, they're fighting, truly fighting. And Dave goes up to, yeah, he's like, don't touch me. He's like, I'm not going to touch you. I just want to talk to you. And then here come Dean and Jess just barreling into the two of them. And he's like, get off of me. I'm trying. (laughs) But even before that, there's that scene where the problem of it, where Lane calls her mom drunk and Dave is kind of like hovering in the background, which I think that kind of like in calculating how long Dave was on screen for, there are so many scenes where Dave is just kind of hovering in the background, just kind of there. And it's when she says mama that he's like, holy fuck, what are you doing? And he's, he's kind of mad at her for it. He's not, you know, like I feel like in some ways you might, meet a guy like dave and he's super he's super obsessed with you he's kind of obsessed with lane that's great we kind of want a boy who's a little obsessed with us yeah and in these moments might like you know comfort you maybe coddle you in a little bit like that you've gotten drunk and called your mom and told her about all this but he doesn't he's like what Mm -hmm. are you doing we're about to play but you're drunk are you gonna be able to play and i i kind of liked that he did that because i don't i don't feel like lane has a lot of people in her life that are kind of like what are you doing in the same way that rory doesn't but in an entirely different way um except for the fact that mrs Mm -hmm. kim is constantly like what are you doing but this was something that was like ultimately gonna hurt her and he didn't just sit there and be like oh it's okay lane we'll figure it out he was frustrated and he had every right to be so yeah, but then Lane speaks to this in the next episode. He does end up taking her home yeah. from the party, and he was going to go yeah. inside with her. And they decided not to send him in because he's a child. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't want the bloodline to end with him. Well, it's because he's 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 great. You know, like he's mad at you, but he is yeah. not going to let you get home drunk by yourself. He's going to make sure you get home safe. He's frustrated with you, but that doesn't mean he's out because clearly in Sega Night Gracie, he's fully in, locked and loaded, Because ready last to go. time we see him, you know, he's being shoved by Dean and Jess. Ew. And he walks in and delivers, honestly, the best monologue, top five best monologues in the entire show, which is the Mrs. Kim, I Agreed. need to speak with you. And we just learned so much about this man. 
we have seen so little of. I know. And how much he wants to take Lane to the prom. And, like, every every aspect of this speech is just, like, it just really shows why Mrs. Kim should like him and why she probably does and considers him a peer. Like, just this sheer fact that he doesn't yeah. like soda, I feel like. Yeah, because the carbonation freaks him out. He likes wearing ties. Like, he doesn't watch a lot of TV. He enjoys playing hymns on his guitar, and he really, really wants to. And he really, really wants to take your daughter to the prom. And it just, watching Lane watch that, it's like one of oh. those things of like, you're like, I know this will never happen. <laughs> I know a Dave Rogowski will never it's show so up to good. my house with this speech, dressed in a suit, to deliver this to my mom so that he can take me to the prom. Like, to be fair, prom is long gone for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm way for past sure. prom. But like, screw a sign. Screw a, screw a, you know, writing it in the sand, will you go to prom with me? This is That's a promposal. That's why we have yeah. high expectations. That's the promposal of the millennium. No notes. No notes, Dave. No notes. And then she responds and he goes outside and he's like, what did that mean? Um, He says, I'm gonna go look some things up on the internet and then he kisses her. She's going to write a song about him. I would write a, a song. fucking novel for that man after he said that. I know. Now, riddle me this. If he was going to look some things up on the internet, why didn't he just look that up on the internet? I did wonder. So I don't remember the internet in 2002. I guess this would have been 2003 because it was the series finale or it's just before the season. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be early 2003. Like, could you just look up a quote from something and it immediately populate with the answer to that? I want to say yes, but also I was using the internet so minimally when I was... No, you could totally ask Jeeves at that point. I wonder what he what that yielded for him. But you know what? I'm glad he didn't because then he ended up reading the Bible cover to cover. If he had just Googled it, that would have been so lazy and Mrs. Kim would not have approved. When I post about this on TikTok, everyone was like, why didn't he just Google it? Why didn't he just look it up? And I'm like, well, I don't really remember internet at the time. Maybe he didn't have access to the internet. Maybe he went home and his mom was on the phone so he couldn't look something up on the internet. He couldn't use the dial-up. Yeah. I feel like there were so many ways like could easily have not looked it up but i'm like imagine okay he gives his whole speech like speech of a lifetime leaves comes back the next day and is like you know what i googled that and i couldn't find the results she'd be like all right <laughs> goodbye mr Rogowski. Right. try like, again no farewell he sat up all night reading the bible cover to cover so he could take her to the prom because he wanted to figure out what that meant and he came over and he was just like so I was just so tired. I used to love that scene as a kid. I love it as an adult. But like as a kid, it hits different because yeah. the comedy of it is so elbow. brilliant. I'm so tired. And he's like, just tell me what it means. And it's like, you've been there. You've pulled an all night. You've never pulled an all night reading the whole Bible so you could just take the girl that you like to prom. Hey, you don't know my life. That is true. Have you ever done that? Have you ever read the whole Bible in one night to take the girl that you like to prom? No. You're no Dave Rogowski then. Because he certainly did. No, and I don't. I don't. I don't pride myself on being anything like Dave Rogowski because he is untouchable. I kind of feel like now, though, that you and I should move forward in our lives with, like, the Dave Rogowski mindset of, like, you know, you put up a fake ad to date someone. I got a bunch of gigs. It's great. You know, I played all day. Yeah. And I have, yeah. The bright side. The, the Dave side. He, he is, is Mr. Mr. Brightside. Mr. Yeah. Dave Rogowski. That song was written about him. I don't him. think that song yes. was written about him. <laughs> I don't think so either. But we can pretend. So he does it. Mrs. Kim agrees. In awe of this man. Because she herself has only done it three times. Yes. It's in this moment that you're like, she sees him. Because it's not, it's not a matter of like, yes, you can take Elaine to prom. Great. That's all you wanted. She then lays out like this foundation for them to continue being together. It's not just the one Mm -hmm. thing. Because he can call every other day for 10 minutes that she's grounded until prom and for two months after and giving him kind of like the overview of what the beginning of their relationship is kind of gonna be like because she really accepts him which is interesting because she says you can go to the prom but you cannot get married so she's like and not that you know that was the intention there but she says that to him and like not that when you're dating as a teenager you're necessarily like gearing up to marry this person yeah but at the same time like if you don't if you know that there's not going to be an approved future 
by your girlfriend's mother like that's a bold yeah. move to start dating someone when like there's kind of been like this like moratorium yeah. put on your relationship so to speak right the only the only I don't even think it's a no sparkly heart I think it's just the only like caveat to that is that they how, look how far they've come you know they this was like they just right. met they're in a band now Mrs. Kim is like you know she'd started liking Dave and now he can take her to the prom you're saying that like maybe once they start dating that Mrs. Kim won't fall so deeply in love with Dave Fergowski being with Lane that like the only choice will be to marry Dave Fergowski that maybe if like Lane and Dave broke up she would take Dave's side you know that I feel like maybe yeah, they could like yeah, get yeah, to yeah. that point where it's like that's enough for them at the moment which is they say like fair enough we're not gonna get married so I feel yeah. like they could have gotten to that point and that Dave could have um you know well obviously I mean we see what happens she ends up marrying Zach Ugh. so like Obviously, I think that if Mrs. Kim had her pick of the litter, she would have chosen Dave over Zach any day. Still would. I kind of wish that would have come back at some point of like Mrs. Kim. Because like, I truly think that that was one of the problems with that we talked about in the previous episode of like what went wrong with Lane. And one of those things that like that Mrs. Kim or Rory didn't really speak to was like, you had such a good guy. Dave Rogowski was so present and like willing to be there for you and show up for you in the ways that you had to be shown up for, you know? Like Henry couldn't do it, which mm -hmm. is totally understandable, but Dave was so willing to. And now you have Zach, who won't even like write a song about her. And like when they ultimately break up, your pal Rory is not like, you deserve a Dave Rogowski. Like you deserve better than that. Because I think in the last episode, I kind of said that yeah. like maybe we should have like framed Dave as like maybe like left like a sour taste in our mouth, which like I now totally disagree with. I never would want anyone to taint Dave Rogowski. But like just kind of like, finding someone who maybe is like you're telling me that these writers couldn't have come up with someone that was like different than dave that now fit lane's new yeah. version of life of like dave had to get through all of these hurdles for her like to be with her to get past her mom's defenses and like get to the heart of mrs kim and like be seen by her as someone who was worthy of being around lane that like there was a different kind of yeah. guy that would have been appropriate for her at that point of like doesn't necessarily have to like sneak around that like had to have earned the respect of Mrs. Kim in some way because like we have it a little bit with Zach where he's playing like he has to write the hit song before he can propose but like I just feel like at some point someone should have been like very honest with Lane like even if it was Mrs. Kim of like Dave was fucking amazing Dave was great yeah Dave was so deserving of your love what is Zach doing that like like you those guys are out there like maybe maybe you will find one but like is this really the guy that you want to be with and that's all I can really think of when I like I was like Lane has bad friends <laughs> yeah you're totally right I almost wish that we would have gotten a character that yeah had like some qualities of Dave Rogowski but was mm. Korean and kind of like a bad yeah. boy like Jess so Mrs. Kim like deeply approved of this man but didn't know like a whole oh side of God. him in the same way that she didn't know a whole side about her own daughter until she opened the fucking closet door four <sighs> seasons in and like having someone who like she seemingly approved of on the outside but like also has this completely different life Ooh. kind of like dave kind of like zach but yeah. not zach you know what oh i mean oh my gosh we totally deserved that we deserved like a new character for lane to like she deserved so much more and so just everything different from who zach yeah. was justice, justice for, for lane. lane part of the problems that i have with like justice for lane being like tied with like the person that loved her is like because a lot of the times like you want their storyline to be like you know like girl power stepping into yourself like that you don't need like a boy mm. but like I don't feel that way about Lane and Dave because it never felt like the best part of Lane was Dave it was like what he brought out in her and what he was willing to do for her and it just felt like this very like yeah. love of equals that like she deserved yeah. that and I I feel like we could like talk for hours about the fan fiction of who what type of boy Lane should have been with like because imagine if like a Korean man came and worked for Sophie Bloom at the music shop yeah we could have had like yeah. an enemies to lovers for Lane I just love an enemies to lovers yeah. <laughs> 
for sure i do though love that they broke the mold on lane having to end up with somebody who fit into the parameters of what mrs kim wanted for her specifically when it came to culture and religion because i wonder if there and if we ever have the chance to talk to her i would love to hear more about it without feeling like we're prying but i wonder if that was an issue for helen Mm. and dave rogowski if that was an obstacle in their relationship i have to say that there's an interview that like, if the, the struggles that her and Dave went through in the show, Lane and Dave, match any of the struggles that Helen and Dave went through, um, and how that was, I guess, yeah. inspired, rather. I think that it offered a chance for Mrs. Kim to grow as well by um, yeah. being forced to relinquish that control over her daughter yeah. and her future. I really liked the idea of that you were saying before of like a man that arguably Mrs. Kim really would approve of, but it's like some, some personality trait of hers that she has to like get on board with. There's so many directions they could have taken her storyline. Um, but she ended up with Zach. But I also think that's something that could have been really cool in like an enemies to lovers sense that would have, that would have been a bit more interesting to watch than Zach. Cause he wasn't really an enemies to lovers. He was just like a whiny man that just became the whiny man that she loved. Enemies to enemies. Yeah. But would have been somebody who, again, was like seemingly Mrs. Kim approved, but had this like whole other side to him that Mrs. Kim didn't know about that Lane was like totally turned off by and was like, wait, yeah. I don't like this at all. And then ended up becoming someone yeah. that she bonded with. Yeah, I think that would have been really cool to witness. I don't know why all I can think of is um the guy. Oh, God, his name just. Did you watch One Tree Hill? Yeah, but I don't. I don't remember it. I watched it like live. In season two, um, Brooke Davis has a thing with this guy named, I don't know why I want to call him Otis, but it's his name is not Otis. He's played by um, Felix. Felix is his name. And um, I, don't I don't know why I like all I can think of is Felix, like a character like that, where he seems like such a dick, but to like a parent, he might seem really charming. And then like, you know, once Brooke gets to know him, they actually like develop kind of a seemingly beautiful relationship it's very short do they trauma bond i feel like that's probably what ended up happening on one tree hill (laughs) probably but like i could see something like that like a character like that coming in and like charming the pants off of mrs kim because he's korean i don't know if the actor who played felix is korean but like somebody like that coming in kind of like presenting as this everything that mrs kim would want for lane but he's kind of like like, a bad boy mama he's an asshole yeah (laughs) and she's like but he's great he's charming he has a nice job and he's korean and she's like uh no i don't know there are so many different ways that this could have gone but all in all i really think that when they started writing this storyline i think it was projected to be dave at the end of it all it really felt like that that like we were now in season three meeting dave and for the rest of the series we were could you imagine i like even just like for a moment one 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 imaginary moment you imagine dave rogowski in every season of gilmore girls like i know there would have been conflict between the two of them but like ultimately they're perfect for each other so they would figure it out you know it'd be silly conflict it would all be resolved because that's she's a supporting character so they can't have any like you know Mm long-term conflict it would take away from our drama girlies down front and center and i just oh that would have been so great Imagine just getting that much Dave. Do you think we would have been oversaturated by his greatness? I don't know because I I like what we've spoken to before about Dave Rogowski. I don't know if that's on pod or off pod. We talk about Dave all the time. (laughs) Like very often. But he's been preserved because of the short-lived nature of his role He never got a chance to be ruined by the show. Yeah. To fuck up or to ruin, you know, the illusion of everything he is and was like it's preserved in season three so i will say like other supporting characters love interests we don't really have that because like with um jackson nothing ever really happens with jackson like we'll ignore the season seven when he like pretended to get a vasectomy and then then didn't that was just ick and then even with like um tj like there's conflict there but it's like kind of silly and you know it's not really anything like I love TJ and Liz together so like I feel like if there was conflict it still would have been like outer rim yeah and it was there's so much focused on it too I feel like 28 minutes in a whole season about a side character's love interest is pretty big deal but I feel like that was almost like setting up for the rest of the seasons when they could have just been like you know they have an apartment stars hollow like I just even just the thought of it makes me upset that we didn't get that 
because the last time we see Dave is in Say Goodnight, Gracie, when um, he, yeah. uh, you know, closes the door when they've both decided they're going to go to prom and um, close the door. And that's yeah. kind of closing the door on Dave Rogowski because literally the worst part of all of season three, well, maybe not the worst part. No, maybe the worst part is that we didn't get to see them go to prom, that she brings that Damien's bag of pictures in... I guess it's the finale mm-hmm. she has all of like 300 pictures it's a like when she shows the picture of the chicken piccata the chicken piccata after one bite and there was so much to be seen about it but like we couldn't even have like worry like driving by kim's antiques and out front is like lane in a prom dress and like dave in a tux or a suit or whatever like we couldn't even just get a little glimpse yeah. of it not even a, sh- a showed a picture we didn't even get to see a picture of the chicken piccata we saw the back of it no robbed robbed. because that was that was like what this was all building for so they could go to prom and then we didn't get to see it because jess skipped town and didn't go to school Mm -hmm. yep and they wanted that backdoor pilot real real bad speaking of jess though something that we didn't bring up was that lane and rory had talked about doing a double date with dave and jess could you imagine like the four of them at like luke's having a little date because Jess thought he was a cool guy, so it wasn't going to be like a Logan Jess situation or a Logan or like a Jess Dean situation. No, it would have been Jess hanging out with a guy who wasn't Luke. I would have loved to have seen that. What would they have talked about? What did they have bonded over? I'm sure like music, music, of course. And like Dave has such good taste. I feel like Jess would have like been so on board with it. Like talk and like we talked about before about Jess and Paris was like the friendship that we missed out on. Like Jess and Dave was a friendship that we really missed out on. Oh. I Do you know, think Paris would have liked Dave? I think so. I think he would have found so. a way to charm I think her. Dave could charm anyone. <laughs> right? I do too. I think everybody has a soft spot it's in their truly. heart for Dave. But then we get to season four, and that's kind of where it all fades off, because like you said before, we get that scene, but feeling like Zach was the one that betra- was betrayed by him going to California. Deeply. You never come back from California, because he went to join the OC which I've never watched, mm-hmm. partly out of... I mean, I've watched the first couple episodes because I did want to see if it was like worth it to get Seth Cohen yeah. to lose Dave Rogowski. I still say no just because I've only seen so little of it, but he's so good in it. And that's that's so funny that you bring that up because on our Patreon, on our first episode, when we talk about the unknown yeah. pilot of Gilmore Girls, we have a really... I shared a very Ooh. interesting story about Adam Brody... And the guy who originally played Dean. Nathan Weatherington. Both being up for Seth Cohen. Who, if you're listening, we're so sorry. Oh, sorry, Nathan. We have a lot of stories about Nathan Weatherington in our first episode on Patreon. But I just, I do sometimes wonder what would have happened if we hadn't lost him. If Nathan Weatherington had played Seth Cohen. If Nathan Weatherington had booked that role. We would have had five seasons of Dave Rogowski in the revival. He could have come back in the revival. I think so, too. I think that was a huge sure. Because ultimately in season four, he's mentioned in four episodes. Three of them by name. Because the first one is when they're talking about him leaving to go to California. And then they bring him up twice after that. The marriage jug is one of them, where they have this whole Mm -hmm. thing about, you know, Mrs. Kim wants to send the marriage jug to Dave, and Dave is a little upset, gets a little mad at her. They they have like a little fight, it seems like, because he doesn't want to get the marriage jug, and it's totally understandable, but he was too quick to like reject the marriage jug, and Rory's like, you guys are both in college, like this is, it's totally understandable. And so there's like a little taste of conflict that maybe, but then it comes back from it because Lane's like, in all of the ways that it's been really hard to be long distance, we've gotten closer, but I don't want to get married to Dave yet. And she's like, this isn't a marriage drug. (laughs) My favorite part of that whole moment is like, we could make this a marriage drug if you want to, whatever that is. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Kim. But what's great about that scene is that Mrs. Kim is so unfazed. She's like, Okay. She doesn't say, like, well, you're not marrying Dave anyway, so it doesn't matter. No. Maybe to the Mm. previous point is Mrs. Kim did not say, well, you're not going to marry Dave anyways. She's just like, all right, well, you're not going to get married yet. So what's a marriage jug? (laughs) And then the last moment that we get him is in the clamor and the clangor when Lane is, like, feeling so down about her life. Rory says, you're healthy, you have a band, and you have a boyfriend. And that is the last that we ever hear of Dave Mm. Rogowski. And where did he go? Did they break up? Arguably, it seems like maybe she's cheating on Dave when she gets together with Zach in season five because they never broke up. And she's still, still dating Zach. <laughs> she's she's still doing long distance with Dave Rogowski in the revival. But is married to Zach and has two kids. Because they never told us uh, that they weren't. She's not a single no, girl. but they do that a lot. 
though on this show and I think it really frustrates the fandom because the reality is that's bound to happen in any show you could find a plot hole in any series ever created but this one felt so big like we just had this full season like I feel like again 28 minutes to a side character's love story in a whole season is a lot of commitment to it and to be honest with you is probably comparable to how much time they spent like once Rory and Jess got together there was not a lot of yeah. content for them. I would love to actually like yeah, time how just much time it. on-screen time. Comparatively, it's probably not that much less time. Because the way that I timed it was like, it was like the moment that Dave entered the scene and then kind of like the moment the scene that Dave was in ended, if it ended, like when Dave left the scene. Like if he was like still in it, but like mm. not on screen, I still counted right. that as time. And I feel it. yeah, I feel like if we timed Jess and Rory once they got together, when they worked, together yeah starting and let the games begin Mm. and moving on we'll have to do that because i feel like we need to do a rory and jess deep dive but yeah to then with like the dave rogowski just kind of like petering off like you're not gonna you're not gonna wrap it up in any way saying they broke up or like that lane's kind of sad about it no a phone call you couldn't have you couldn't have brought Adam Brody on for like a very quick shoot. I mean, I yeah. know the OC was a big deal. I know that's really hard to or plan out. Or even just out, a like, conversation between Lane and Rory of like, Lane's like, my life is kind of falling apart now. Dave and I broke up. I just had to move out of my mom's house. Like everything in my life is kind of like blowing up a little bit. Or even if they decided to do it the same way that they did with like Alex and Lorelai, even though it was a much bigger deal yeah. of a relationship for Lane and Dave, even if it was kind of a conversation like Lorelai has with with I think it's Suki where she's like I don't even know what's going on with Alex when she and Max kiss and she's like I'm not entirely sure what's happening because like Alex and I haven't really talked in a while like it literally could have been like that it could have been an offhanded like things have had been really good with Dave but like we haven't really been talking as much and I don't really know what's going on like it could have been thrown in there so much I wonder if they thought maybe they could get him back and then they just couldn't and they were like you know what I bet everybody forgot meanwhile we're all sitting here years and years and years later like we never forgot oh my gosh I do wonder if maybe they're like maybe the OC won't get picked up for a second season or if they just thought they could get some time with him all we want is time with Dave steal him for a day but yeah maybe they thought the oc would only be on for a season they could bring him back we'll we'll have to ask someone about that and it ended up being the pop cultural phenomenon of 2003 one brief shining moment there was dave rogowski and we never got anything more yeah and that happens a lot on the show like i said before it's just it's constant there are so many plot holes and i feel like the fandom gets real real into it we're finding that out on like as we do our patreon rewatches like they are early on killing off a lot of characters that they're they're having to resuscitate them them in later seasons or maybe they forgot kirk is named mick at the beginning of the series gran is dead seemingly suki's mom seems to also be dead but might be in season six as well there's a lot of um plot holes and we'll have more to say on that next episode Follow us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast and make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on now as we will have a new episode out every Tuesday because we always have more to say. And if you have more to say, find us on Patreon where you can support the pod, join our Gilmore Obsessed community, and access bonus episodes every month.